Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point. I'm your host, John, with me, my co-host, Wombat. How you doing, Wombat? Uh, you know, I was laid up in bed yesterday from tooth pain, so I'm doing significantly better today. That's good. You're not laid up in bed. Yep. And, like, uh, and that's important. Apparently, those sheets, like, smelled, too. Nobody told me. And I did not notice because I just needed a place to lay down. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah, it is. Actually. No, nobody <laughs> told me that the uh, the bed had was was gross. So that is nice of them. Yeah. And then they blamed yeah. me. And then they blamed me for not knowing. And I'm like, you never told me. And they're like, yes, we did. They didn't. Okay. Yep. Hmm. What That's about you, gross. John? Uh, I mean... How are you? My my life's a little weird right now because uh, my wife's got the... Uh, yeah, the, the she Rona. told me. Yeah. So, it's it's weird. Um, you I'm, have to be, like, in separate rooms all the time and... Yeah, that's that's the way we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so unfortunate. Indeed. It is. Um, hey, what's your glowing weak point? Man, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have hey, one. But but you're moving again. Oh, again. I am again again. Probably, possibly, actually moving. Um, what? You know, like, it's it's set in stone in as much as the last time it was set in stone. And, you know, the day before we were supposed to sell the house, they were like, oh, but the bank said we can't buy it. Yeah. So, there's always the possibility that of that scummy. happening. Okay. But as far as we know, we're moving on Thursday. Okay. Like, we sell this house at 2 o'clock on Thursday, and we buy the next house at 3 o'clock on Thursday. Nice. Yep. And then you, you get to be gone. Yep. And then over the weekend, we'll, like, go to Ikea and put together furniture and shit, and then we'll have a whole ass house. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> you'll need to. Yeah, I mean, all of the furniture from my room is getting replaced. Every single last yeah. bit of it. Because it's That's, all, like, yeah. busted-ass Walmart furniture or yard sale furniture. Uh, mm -hmm. And the bed frame that I had before, uh, I didn't realize it, didn't, it wasn't supposed to fold. So I folded it and broke it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> I mean, it folded real easy. Like that's a. Th th I'm gonna blame that on manufacturing. Okay. It wasn't like I really had to struggle <laughs> to get it most of the way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna get a bunch of IKEA furniture and fill out fill out the house. That's good. Yep, it's gonna be a two story house. Um, which is going to be interesting because our dog Yuna is definitely scared of stairs, we have learned. Um, we, we took her with us into, uh, there, there's this like realty company called Open Door where nobody actually yeah. works with you. You just like scan an app QR code thing and then you can let yourself into the house. 
Yeah. So we we took the dogs into a house we were looking at in Houston. And it had stairs. And Azra went up them after we did. She was like, yeah, this is fine. I can go up them if y'all do. Right? And yeah. Yuna was like, no. Absolutely not. She was downstairs whining at everybody. Mm. Just not even well, not even attempting to go up there. And it's unfortunate because our, our plan was to have the dog space be up there in the hallway. Yeah. So. I guess she'll have to get over it. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll just have to carry her upstairs until she gets used to going up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Because also, that's going to be, like, one of the main hangout spots. There's We have enough bedrooms now for a, a, a dedicated game room. So nice. So there, there'll be people yeah. just up there hanging out, you know? So mm-hmm. get used to it, Yuna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh. All right, so... So, Do you want to talk about your stupid Doctor Who bullshit? Oh, we didn't last week. I was actually going to I, ask I you. I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to make this a you and me thing. Um, not 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 watching the same show, but did you want to watch a show and bring that? Also, do you understand uh, what I'm saying? I. I <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm not stupid <laughs> well i felt i'm not saying you're stupid i'm saying i asked that stupidly okay i i will agree with that <laughs> um uh no i'm not gonna bring my own show uh, okay. instead i'm gonna since this is a game podcast uh according to you i'm going to talk about a video game each week i mean it's it's very it's very uh not a video game podcast anymore I mean, you keep saying it is, but no, it's it's clearly not. It's definitely just a just a pop culture podcast. Not even pop culture, just culture. No, yeah. <laughs> I would not call us pop culture. No. Um, but okay, you'll bring a video just... game every week. Uh huh. How are you going to do that? the same fucking way you bring a show okay all right all right what's the question let's just jump into it and let's see what you what you mean well i mean this week it's we're talking about our games so i'm just gonna do it there oh okay but all the rest of them i'll i'll do it here because you know we won't be talking about video games unless we are all right uh well tell your stupid fucking story okay so um I haven't been watching Doctor Who the past couple of weeks. I've been taking a break. <gasps> I, I've been taking a break since like right before the vacation. Um, mm. But that I do still have more than enough stories that I can talk about it for a while. So, John, it's <laughs> true. Pick a number between one and twenty-six. Um, and these are in order of best to worst. Yes. One. Okay. Uh, The Power of the Daleks. This is actually the very first Second Doctor story. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I really, I really loved 
the way that Patrick Trofton's doctor was introduced uh, to the world. Unfortunately, okay. it does not exist in any way except animation. Not a single episode of this story exists. <laughs> yeah, that happened with a lot of oh, yeah. old Doctor Who. Yeah, most of season four doesn't exist. Um, yeah. Like, once you get into season five, which is where I'm at now, there's more stories that fully exist. And then season six is where you no longer have, like, any missing episodes anymore. But four and five have been hit particularly bad by the missing episode uh issue but power of the daleks is it, i've learned that one of my favorite things to do with the daleks is not have them be the main main villain like have them be the main villain but also have people like trying to uh use them to their own ends yes so, they're, they're they're fantastic in that position yeah so you end up with like a villain handoff throughout this story like it starts with this guy named lesterson who's like this mad scientist type who's hiding the mm -hmm. fact that he's broken into a time capsule and is experimenting with the daleks um mm. and then it, it it's handed off to janley janley is this lady who's working with lesterson and she's this is taking place inside of, like, a human colony. Um, and she is, like, a rebel. She wants to overthrow the current leadership. And and she's she's using Lesterson at this point in the story to uh, control the Daleks. Because the Daleks are pretending to listen to Lesterson. Okay. Uh, and then the villain ball gets handed off to this guy named Bregan, who's like second in command of the human colony. Um, but he's actually the leader of the rebels. So he's Janley's boss. Um, and he uses the Daleks to murder the governor of the, uh, the colony and take it over for himself. And then finally, the Daleks take over as the main villain and just start murdering everybody. Because what they've been doing is using Lesterson and his technology to start building more Daleks inside of the time capsule. So they're pretending throughout the story that there's only three of them, but it becomes increasingly obvious that they're only pretending there's only three of them. And it's different yeah. Daleks every time you see them, and they're just making sure you only ever see three at a time. Um, Lesterson was a really interesting character because he starts out, uh, like I said, like a mad scientist, but one that like is genuinely just a curious man who's being like, like held back by the people around him. Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, he's a complete raving lunatic. Because nobody has believed, like, he realizes the Daleks are evil after the, the Doctor, like, shows him everything. Um, but nobody will believe him. They all believe the Daleks. And yeah. so he ends up ju just starting to believe that he has imagined everything. Um, but the, the, real, the real standout here was the, the second Doctor's introduction. Um... I don't really care too much about the uh, the companions at the at this moment. Ben and Polly are kind of like the most eh companions ever. Um, gotcha. 
But the second doctor himself is like this bumbling hobo type. He's he's wearing a version of the first doctor's outfit that does not fit him at all. It's like three sizes too big. Um and his his hair is all messy and he's for a whole episode he's like in jail and he's just playing his recorder. He, that's that's pretty much all he does. But then in the next wow. episode, you find out that the reason he's playing his recorder is because the uh, the locks on the jail are operated by sound, and he's trying to hit the correct sound on the recorder. Nice. Yeah, like he does a lot of this stuff where it seems like he's just like fucking around or whatever, and then you'll yeah. realize later that no, this is actually all part of his grand scheme. Like he's this, he's a, that's a master doctor, schemer. Then. Yes. Yeah. I I I realize I'm realizing that I might be a second doctor guy. <laughs> well, I mean, there's still a lot more to get through. There so. are, there are, and I'm pretty sure third doctor is still more my type. I really, yeah. really love the third doctor, but Patrick Trofton is just really, really fantastic as the doctor that's good uh a lot of these old ones it's it's good to hear that they have any amount of competence because they could just be awful just yeah. across the board <laughs> and, and and like both both william hartnell and patrick trofton have not been awful uh okay but like they're definitely two very different kinds of doctor because like it doesn't show up too much in the power of the daleks because he just hates the daleks and doesn't want to like like i have to get rid of the daleks right but william hartnell was kind of the type where it's like oh i got caught up in the story and i'm just trying to leave <laughs> um yeah whereas patrick trofton is much more like oh there's something happening here I should look into it and resolve it. Like, he, he spends less time getting caught up in other people's stories and more time seeking the story out for himself, which is much more li like what we know of the Doctor today. Yeah. And, and really, a, a lot of what we of what we see as, like, Doctor-ish is, is happening mm -hmm. with, with Trofton more than Hartnell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're you're right about the Daleks, though. Uh, I I agree. Like, in if you focus on the Daleks, they're not great. But as a force of nature, right? They are like, and 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 that's true for like all forces of nature. Like, you know, Twister's not a great movie if it focused entirely on the Twister. But when you focus on the things around that things happening near like the rivalry between uh the main character yeah. and the other guy who like stole his research and is yeah. is yeah. Well, chasing the tornado also yeah if if you make the force of nature a character it's boring but yeah. if it's if it's a story happening near a force of nature oh that's great and and the Daleks are absolutely just a force of nature, and and that's the best that they are. Yeah. So I hadn't thought of that, but thinking back, you are exactly right with that. Like all the best Dalek stories are ones where the the villain is not the Dalek. 
Or at least it's not completely the Dalek. Yeah, or something else is happening and the Daleks are there. Like a, like a lot of the, the Time War stuff where they're not fighting the Daleks, the Time Lords are, but the Doctor's doing something else and the Time War's happening with nearby. Right. Like, Or, or I think back to uh, when Daleks were first introduced in, in the, the Revival series, like um, the episode Dalek. The Dalek is, like, murdering everybody, but the Dalek is not the villain here. Mm. The the villain is the guy who held the fucking Dalek and tortured it forever inside of his museum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also, kind of the doctor for immediately seeing a Dalek and being like, let's murder the shit out of that thing. (laughs) Like, halfway Uh. through the episode, the Dalek calls him out on it. It's like one of the best scenes for Christopher Eccleston, where he's just screaming at the Dalek, like, why don't you just die? And he's, like, spitting as he says it. He's so mad. And the Dalek just looks up at the camera and says, you would make a good Dalek. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the games we played. Yeah, let's do it. I don't want to hear about triangle strategy, so tell me about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, because uh, <laughs> I'm actually interested in that game. Okay, uh, I haven't played much of it. Um, I've I've gotten through the first world, basically. Uh, okay. Because I'm playing this with Cadence, and she doesn't have a bunch of time. I'll get around to playing it on my mm. own also, but right now I've just been playing it with Cadence. Have you given a car the big suck? We have. We have Good. given a car the big suck, and it is fantastic. I love, I love the big suck. Uh, That's pretty I, much the only thing I know about it. It's a it's a three D platformer that right. You play as Kirby, and that's that's all I know. Yeah, um, I I don't actually play as Kirby while I'm playing with her. I'm playing as the uh, bandana Waddle D with a spear. But she's okay. she's given the car the big suck, and the car can like dash and 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 jump. You can jump the car. It's <laughs> it's great. You can dash into a jump, and then like, and, and you use the car to barrel through things, which is not what cars do. They usually just crumple. But it, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. You can also give the big suck to stairs. Um. And use stairs to flatten enemies and then move the stairs around to get up to higher places. Uh, okay. Let's see. There's there's a bunch of powers. There's the sword power, of course. The, the sword is mm-hmm. great. There's the cutter power. It, it shoots a boomerang. There's one that lets you shoot and... Not only does it let you shoot, but you can, like, hold the shoot button and then aim for where you want to shoot. So, so like, okay. if you just smash the shoot button, it just shoots in front of Kirby, right? But if you hold it, then yeah. you can aim it even, like, above. Like, you can aim... Oh. Sh- yeah, it's, it's really cool. And there's just lots of really cool ways to find secrets and stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic game. And as you go through it, uh, little bonus areas open up on the, the map, kind of like Mario style. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you go there and you can do like a little challenge and i i did most of the challenges it'll be like uh use the bomb power to blow up these switches and move on to the next platform and do that in like 30 seconds yeah or use the cutter power to grab all these gem things and do that within a a certain time limit okay so it like like they introduce the powers to you and then they also give you the opportunity with those to like practice with them which i really like 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 without having to be in the stage you can you can use use the power and get used to it so that's really cool yeah yeah all right uh i played two games this week uh, I played a whole lot of one, and that's the mobile game, and then I effectively beat the other one. Okay. I I got to the final stage, and then I was like, fuck this, I don't want to I keep anymore. forgetting the mobile game. Um, God, did you not play it? Oh, no, I played a ton of it. I mean, when we sit down and okay. record, I forget that we are talking oh, about you, the you mobile game. Oh, you forget that we talk about it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... So, uh, the, the game I played and the game I'm going to be talking about each week, um, or the series, I should say, is Battle Tanks. Okay. Oh, I see uh, what you mean, are you, then. Are you familiar with Battle Tanks? I, I feel like I've heard of it. I'm okay. not going to pretend I know anything about it, but I think I've heard the okay. name. It's, it's an action game where you play as a tank, um, and... Uh, you, in general, you're just driving around destroying other tanks and trying to save queen lords. So the the plot is there was a disease that wiped out 99.6% of the population of women. Okay. Uh, so there's like one woman per thousand male, and that's even after nuclear war ended up destroying much of the civilization so i think cadence has been watching an anime that's like the reverse of this like some disease wiped out all the dudes yeah i heard about that (laughs) i almost i almost watched that and i was like uh no (laughs) yeah it it looks really bad yeah (laughs) which i think is why cadence watches it (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I, my, one of my favorite games for the Nintendo 64 is Battle Tanks Global Assault, and it's, it's the sequel to the original Battle Tanks, and it is a fantastic game with, like, 15 plus different types of tanks, and... Oh, wow, so this is a really old game, then. Yeah, yeah, for the for the 64. Both of them are for the 64. Okay. Um and they oh man, there there's like so many different special weapons and it's got a really good campaign and it's it's got incredible multiplayer capacity. Oh, it's such a good multiplayer game. Uh so I I always love Battle Tanks Global Assault. And I I don't even remember how I got it. But I remember I had that for a while, and then one day I was walking through a, a store, like a thrift store or something, and I saw 
the original battle tanks and was like well fuck yeah i'm gonna get that it's like it's the original to one of my favorite games of all time Uh oh and i got it and it was not as good right and I did not play a whole lot of it because why would you when you've got the actually good one? It's like why I've only beaten the first Kingdom Hearts like three or four times, whereas I've beaten the second Kingdom Hearts like 30 plus times. Uh, yeah. Because I played why the would second. You go back? Right. I played the second one before I played the first one, and it's mm-hmm. just a better game. Yeah, and that's not always true. Uh, I had the same perspective with uh, Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. I played Banjo-Tooie first, and then eventually we got Banjo-Kazooie because Banjo-Tooie is such a good game. And I tried playing Banjo-Kazooie, and I was like, ah, I feel so limited. Because at the beginning of Banjo-Tooie, you have all of the abilities you get throughout Banjo-Kazooie. So it really feels like they're just sweeping the leg and you don't have any power. But uh, about five years ago, four or five years ago, I played Banjo-Kazooie all the way through for the first time Uh and realized that it is a thousand times better a game (laughs) than (laughs) Banjo-Tooie. Than Banjo-Tooie, yeah. It it feels weird coming from Banjo-Tooie, but if you start with Banjo-Kazooie, it is so much better. Um, So... I recently learned that there are other versions of battle tanks. Oh, and there are more battle tanks. There are more battle tanks. Uh, actually learned about this from the like last version of it because, uh, they kept making them. There's been, or there's, there's battle tanks, there's battle tanks, global assault. And then for the PlayStation two, they released a, um, spiritual successor <laughs> okay called world world destruction league thunder tanks i've never heard of this and me either uh i i don't even remember how i ran into it it, it was it was during looking up stuff for a game facts i stumbled upon this um in fact and... every time i go to a used game store i do look down at the like w's x's and y's for the playstation for the ps2 area and i can say uh-huh. for certain I've never seen this game. <laughs> uh, so World Destruction League Thunder Tanks, and then they also created World Destruction League War Jets for an air combat game. Oh, shit. Um, so, uh, so there's those two. But also, uh, I went back and saw that Battle Tanks has a Game Boy Color version. Oh! And, and Battle Tanks Global Assault has a PlayStation version, which is different. Oh, and then World Destruction League Thunder Tanks for the PlayStation and PlayStation Two also for whatever fucking reason has a Game Boy Color version. <laughs> Wait, what? Not a yeah. Game Boy Advance version? No, no color. What? So <laughs> now I'm I'm not gonna try the PlayStation version because I mean. Like, PlayStation versus PlayStation 2, I'm sure it's just, like, backwards compatibility or... Like, there's there's not going to be significant difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, released at the same time for both. That, meh. So, I'm just going to play... Whenever possible, I will just play the PlayStation 2 version. But, 
Uh, I'm gonna go through and play all of the games and all the campaign through. And so this week I sat down, I pulled out my N64, I plugged battle tanks into it, it didn't work, I pulled it out, I blew it out, I put it in, it didn't work again, I pulled it out, I blew it out again, it worked! Yay! Um, I played through the entire campaign to the last level, and I didn't beat the last level because uh, the last, the three previous levels had been cancer. (laughs) Um, it's awful. Um, like, does it just uh, ramp up the difficulty way too much? Oh, I mean, it just, so I'm playing on easy mode and there's basically three different levels that exist. Uh, there's, uh, destroy all tanks and get to the end. Um, so there's like three bridges in the game where you have to get from one side of the bridge to the other and there's lots of turrets set up. They, whoever designed this has like the biggest hard on for turrets. (laughs) And cause, cause there's like three different types of turrets in the game. There's like laser turrets, uh, machine gun turrets and, uh, tank cannon turrets. Well, I mean, what is a tank, but a moving turret? Yeah, well, it, <laughs> I'll get to that. I'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's those three and uh, different types of turrets, and they don't show up on radar. The only things that show up on radar are other tanks. And do you know what else? Radar is a power-up you can pick up, and there's a limited number of them. Oh, so no. if you die, then you don't have radar. But also, none of the turrets show up on the radar anyways. And there are, like, every level has between 30 and 50 turrets, I'd have to say. Jesus. Like, <laughs> and... and, and and it would be okay if it was like one tank shot and it's gone, but no. Every single one of them takes two to six, depending on the size of them. Is this a German city in World War Two? What is happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it's so frustrating because, like, I die more to that than I do to the tanks, especially because, <laughs> like, if you if you kill another tank, uh, playing on easy mode, it takes two shots to kill a tank, right? A normal tank. There's three different types of tanks. There's moto tanks, which are little zippy, tiny things that shoot machine guns. There's the uh, M1A1 Abrams, which, you know, is your typical tank. And uh, it takes you two shots to kill one of those, but it takes them, like, eight to kill you um, on easy mode. And then there's the Goliath, which can kill you in, like, three shots, but it is very, very tanky. Even on easy mode, it's three shots? Yeah. Damn. I mean, it's it's a giant tank, and there there's not many of them. They don't move around. They're they're on rails. Um, they're used as base defense. I see. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> like, uh, when you kill a tank, it drops a star, a, a pickup, uh, which is it only sits there for like four seconds. So you have to destroy the remaining body and run over it to pick it up and that gives you an amount of health and ammunition back um the turrets don't drop anything so <laughs> uh so there's there's the get to the so end they're ones they're annoying to you, they're annoying to fight 
They don't show up on yep. radar. They can kill the shit out of you, and they don't give anything. Yeah, and there's never just one. Like, you move into an area, and there's, like, six oh, yeah, and, of them and you, facing And them. also, there's 30 of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Everywhere. So they just, they, um, they just made a worthless fucking thing that you have to fight. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's the get to the end mode. Then there's the... Um, there's the bonus mode which you get it's the only time you get to play as a different tank and you get to play as your goliath on rails going back and forth and um and it's just kill as many tanks as possible before you die right it's it's fun you get you get to play as a different tank for once uh the rest of the time you are stuck in an abrams and what's more everything else can turn its turret but you can't what (laughs) you can't in uh, Global Assault, you can. Not in this game. Because that's how tanks I work. figure it out with every single button combination, especially fiddling with that, I found out that if you press all four C buttons at the same time, you just die. It just kills you. I'm going to look this up. Uh, how to now- turn tank <laughs> turret in Battle Tanks. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing an answer. Yep. Ba- Battle Tanks FAQ. Oh, for the okay, gotcha. Um, so there are apparently different control schemes. With easy control, your gun turrets locked forwards. Um, with arcade control. Uh, you. Oh, we're you looking at the, the same control thing, stick, then. and then R looks the tur- locks the turret, allowing you to strafe targets as you roll past. And then gunner and driver control allows you to use the control stick to drive. And oh, you control stick for gunner drive with C buttons. Right. Um. That's... So you could have moved the thing. I could have if I had known that these alternate control modes had existed. Right. You probably and only get also, taught these if you have the manual, which nobody yeah. has anymore. Correct. And also, uh, once you're in the game, you can't change that. Oh, like you, you choose this at the start, and then now this yeah. is just the only way you can play. Yeah. That's bad. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the The final mode is uh, it drops you into a large area with a lot of enemy tanks, and you have a base with a Queen Lord in it, and it's protected by a Goliath that you can't control. And you have, like, five or six other tanks that go around and help you, but their, their AI is kind of dumb. And then you have one, two, three other enemies that also have bases that also have goliaths guarding them that also have queen lords that you have to capture so you have to go in and destroy the goliath get to the base uh break it down get in the get the queen lord and bring it back to your base and your allies you've got like six of them Uh uh-huh and when they're dead they're dead oh and the and enemies have infinite spawn. So this is basically horde mode. 
Yes. <laughs> and and it, they they throw these at you like one after another, and like there are ways to get more. Like you, you're limited lives, uh, and you get more lives by uh, earning points. But like once you lose a life, it's gone. So uh, <laughs> I hope you're good at racking up points. I I had like 13 lives at one point, and I ended that level with two because wow. there were three other enemies, and I just I could not get in and out without dying. Um, and yeah, and you're you only play as one of the two tanks, and it sucks. And yeah, the FAQ was uh, saying that some stages let you switch between the Abrams and the Goliath, but that's only some stages, and it's not. Ever the yeah. smaller tank you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. unfortunate, because switching to one with a little more maneuverability would be cool. Correct. Uh, and it's it's one of my favorite weapons in the Global Assault. Uh, one of my favorite uh, tanks, because it, it zips around, and it's really fast, and, like, it, it'll die in a single hit. In fact, uh, if the other team is playing a goliath it can just run over you and you die <laughs> it, it can it can hit you with the tank and you die because you are one sixteenth its size um but uh alternate like you it's hard to hit them because they just they can run circles around you is um, there a way to play this yeah. game where you can have like one person driving the tank and the other person shooting well i guess you could if you had like if you got two people close enough together and one person used the c buttons and the other person used the like you have to use one controller but unfortunate because i think that would be really cool is it if you could play a tank game where you all actually take on like different roles inside different tank tank. yeah yeah because it's not a one-man job no it's not even a two-man job, but you could you could no. break it down to two. <laughs> yeah, you could simplify it to two. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I had fun with the first half of the game. The second half of the game was just cancer. So, uh, I don't like battle tanks. Okay. Yeah. But you'll get and, to global assault next time, and you enjoy that one. Nope, I'll get to the Game Boy Color version of Battle Tanks. Oh. Maybe maybe simplifying the controls even more will make it better? We'll see. Probably not. Uh, The the Game Boy Color version actually came out after Global Assault, so... uh, I I don't know what's... I don't know how to feel. Maybe it'll be more like Global Assault? No, it'll it'll be awful. Okay. It's, it's going to be horrible. All right. <laughs> so you've been playing Hades some more. Yeah, uh, I've 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 effectively beaten the game at this point. Um, I don't think I'll ever talk about Hades again. I'll I'll probably play it every now and then just because I like playing the game. But I've yeah. I've beaten the epilogue like. Um, uh, once you beat the game then persephone joins you down in the underworld i'm just going to be talking spoilers who cares um yeah persephone joins you down in the underworld and she has this idea to uh like reconcile with the olympians right because they don't even know that she ever went down there to begin with 
And if they just find out, then it's likely her mom, Demeter, is just going to, like, destroy the world. So... And if anybody yeah. finds out that uh, the person who caused all of this was Zeus, then it's going to be really fucking bad. So <laughs> so she has a plan to, like, throw a big feast and then feed them all a, a lie about how she and Hades, like, just fell in love with each other and eloped down to the underworld, like, by themselves. Mm. Yeah. And, and so you you have to talk to her several times before this this happens. Um, and then you have to, you know, play through the game and talk to all the Olympians and give them invitations to this feast. And yeah, you can't read the invitation until everybody has their theirs. So like they, it's like coded. So they have to each look at the other person's invitation to see what they're actually being invited to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you do that, they throw the big feast and everybody's happy again. And uh, Demeter's like, hey, Persephone, come up back to Olympus. And Persephone's like, I can do that sometimes. And then the rest of the time, <laughs> I have to be down here. Because also, they did a, they did a fun thing where the, uh, the idea that um, Persephone eating the pomegranate seeds trap, trapped her in the underworld like so much of the year. Yeah. That's that's just a lie she's spinning in order to be able to stay down in the underworld most of the time. Okay. Yeah. That that way nobody nice. can be like, "Hey, you have to come back up with us forever." She she can be like, yeah. "Oh no, I ate so many of these underworld pomegranates and now I'm stuck here." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. And then, like, Hades and Zeus have have a little bro moment where they, they fucking actually are respectful to each other for a change. And they're, they're oh, like, nice. hey, maybe we can be cool with each other again. Mm-hmm. And then the game just plops you back down into the, the house of Hades. And you can just keep playing the game. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which I will, but uh, again, I, I don't see a need to talk about it much anymore. Like I've yeah. I've unlocked most of it's, these. It's done. Yeah, I, I've unlocked most of the secret aspects to the weapons. Some of which are really cool. Like uh, there's the Lucifer rail that that shoots out like a beam, and and that ha- sounds dope. Yeah, I, I like the Lucifer rail um, to an extent. It's special is useless. It, it, it's like a, it shoots out a mine and then um, the mine has like a, an aura that goes around it. And then when you shoot the mm-hmm. mine, it blows up and it's it's weird and it's it's very situational to use and I don't like it. But the beam, okay. the beam attack is really cool. Um, okay. The the one I like the least is honestly the uh, the first one you can get the Guan Yu spear. It like it shaves your health down by like seventy five percent, but it let it lets you uh, charge up your attack and then the uh, charged up attack it, it like it throws a spear in front of you and each time it hits an enemy it heals you for one HP. So even though you're low on health, you can heal at any time. But it's just, mm. it it's such a low survivability that if you get hit, 
like three or four times in succession, you're just dead. Yeah. It's uh it's really difficult to use. Uh, <laughs> uh other uh, other ones include the uh the sword special aspect is the aspect of Arthur, which gives you Excalibur. Ooh. Which is a big fucking sword. Uh, yeah. That the special lays down this uh this field, and whenever enemies are inside the field, they move a lot slower. Um, and I've also realized that it also stops traps from activating if the aura is over the trap. So like the spike traps and the bombs and shit, they just don't go off if the uh, mm. the aura is over them, and it's really cool. Uh, the only the only issue with it is that the attacks are really slow. Like it's probably like a full half second longer than any other weapon in the game for a single attack uh. to go off. Uh, and Man. the bow of Rama is really cool because the special like shoots a bunch of arrows at enemies, and then it like peels off into other enemies. And any enemy hit by the arrows are afflicted with what's called shared suffering. And then every time you attack any enemy, oh, enemies nice. enemies afflicted with shared suffering also take a portion of that damage. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool, uh, really really cool. But yeah, that's Hades. Okay. Cool. Uh, triangle strategy. Do you have to? I do have to. Uh, for, uh. The first thing I want to get out of the way with triangle strategy is that it's a bad name. Um, they did the same thing they did with Octopath Traveler, where they just took the path, the, the project name, and made it the game's name. And Octopath Traveler was a really cool name. And triangle strategy is not. No. Uh, no, I, it's not. I like this game, but it's not what it touts itself to be. Um, because the idea you get from it is that it's kind of like a successor to Final Fantasy Tactics. And like, in the sense that it's a strategy game where you have to care about shit like height and obstacles and shit. It is. Mm-hmm. But in the idea that there's job classes, it is not. Which is like the <laughs> biggest thing about Final Fantasy Tactics is all the cool classes you can get by leveling up yeah. different ones. Um, characters in Triangle Strategy are locked into their class and they can only be like upgraded through that that line. Oh. Um, also... A lot of people complained, like, I've read a lot of reviews for this, and a lot of people complained that there is a ton of dialogue at the start of the game. Just, like, a shit ton of dialogue. And I was like, ah, it can't be that bad. (laughs) There's legit, like, an hour of cutscenes between the first tutorial battle and the next battle. Oh, gosh. It is... It is ex- like a Metal Gear game. It is exhausting to get through. But once you get through it, the game picks up. And I okay. l- I like this story because it's it's pretty clearly going to stay in like the uh the political realm. I don't think like no undead soldiers or anything have shown up like will happen in Fire Emblem or something. So, yeah. 
I don't think it's going to go down the route of like, oh, here's a supernatural threat. I think it's going to stay in the realm of the politic. And I like that. Um, okay. It, uh, I, I find myself playing RPGs and strategy games a lot where all of a sudden the final boss is like a big dragon or whatever. And I'm like, can I just have like a cool conflict between two countries? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is a cool conflict between three countries. And, and I really like it. And you get characters from all three of the different countries. And there's there's branching paths that don't seem to matter that much. But they do allow you to get like different characters than you would otherwise. And I think that's cool. Okay. Um, my biggest... The, the thing I like the most and also that disappoints me the most is this thing called the Scales of Conviction. So, the main character of the game is Saranoa Wolfort. He is the Lord of House Wolfort, who's like bannerman to one of the main countries, right? Like, like think of the gotcha. Starks. He's the Starks to the, uh... Ah. Yeah. Um, and they have this item called the, the Scales of Conviction, and it comes with, it comes with seven coins. And, like the lord of the house will hand these coins out to his most trusted advisors and they'll all vote on what what they should do next so at certain key mm. moments in the game when they have a moment to discuss about, like what decision should be made then the characters will get together and they each have like their own opinions on what should be happening and then the player is allowed to choose which one they want, but the way you can okay. choose the way you can choose is by trying to influence them into voting the way you want them to, uh, using the information you've received, like in exploration phases of the game. Yeah, um, Saranoa himself does not get a vote. Except, except if there's a tie, I've heard, which I don't know when that would ever happen because there's seven people who can vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine there can be ties. Probably. Yeah. But I, I really like the idea of like each of these characters, like, and they can articulate why they're making the decision they are. And you can you you can have a full conversation with them about it, and I like that. Okay. Uh, what disappoints I, I, me? What, what's up? No, go ahead. Okay, so what disappoints me is that all of the characters who can vote are only the ones that are like integral to the story. What I wish happened is that each each character you recruit along the way would also be able to vote. And that that yeah. would like, like maybe weigh certain outcomes one way or the other more, and, and make it mm-hmm. more difficult to like, like oh I really want to do this thing, but I have more people now that want to do this other thing, and, and so you have to like really, like search really for ways convince. to convince yeah. them. Yeah. So it's a little disappointing that more of the characters aren't allowed to vote. But uh, other than that, I really like the scales of conviction. So what's up? Okay. 
Uh, I was just going to say thank you for uh, telling me about this game so I can know that I don't need to buy it. Yeah, I mean, th- <laughs> this will this will destroy your life in the same way that Fire Emblem has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't sound awesome. So. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I really... I could successfully pass on this. I really enjoy it, but it's, it's definitely something that's like... You're either going to love this game or you're going to despise it. <laughs> yeah correct okay let's finally get to the mobile game yeah uh um how much did you do with this john (laughs) a lot i did a lot um I hope you didn't spend any real money on this thing. No, no, I, I did not. Uh, and, and that, so, I guess we should mention it. We we played um, Arc Hero? Archero? Yeah. It's, it's probably Arc Hero. Um, but it's definitely a play on Archer because you shoot. Yeah, yeah, and everything shoots. All of the weapons are... Yeah, I had a scythe for a while and the scythe shot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sh- scythes shoot a lot. That's that's not uncommon. I mean, um, it's usually like a like in video games and stuff. It's usually like a wave that it shoots, and it seemed mm-hmm. to just be the scythe itself that just got thrown. Yeah, and it didn't come I, back like the boomerang weapon does. Yeah, I quickly found the spear and then ran with that the whole time. I never got a spear. Okay. Today, I, I liked the spear. I, I got an epic weapon today. I got an epic bow. Ooh. So that's my that's my weapon now. I'm I I liked the sphere so much that I, I've just stuck with it. I mean I like it's it's still a common item. <laughs> but but I stuck with it. Uh, okay. no, I did not spend any money, though I did watch a whole lot of ads with my sound turned off. Right. Um, I watched yeah, a few yeah, ads. That. Most of the time, when something was like "watch an ad to do this," I was like, "No." <laughs> but if it was uh, like, "Oh, he- here's like twenty three attack power," if you watch an ad, I'm like, "Okay, I'll do that one." Yeah. Um, how far did I get? I'm on world four, like the crystal mines, and I got almost to like level thirty in that. Okay, what what character level are you? Like in the upper left hand corner, twenty nine, something like that. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm in twenty nine. I'm in the lost castle, level five. Okay. Um, I, I yeah, wasted a lot of time trying to do the uh, the villain mode or whatever. Uh oh, the hero mode. Yeah, the hero mode. Y- yeah. Yeah. How far did you get there? Uh, I didn't beat a single stage. Uh, I got oh, to like. Gosh. I got to like, f- also like floor thirty or whatever, and kept dying. Okay, I'm I'm at floor thirty of uh, the oh, second level. Storm, actually, Storm Desert. No, today I got to I got to the final boss of that one and then died. It was so the upsetting. final boss of Verdant Prairie. Yeah, yeah. I'm I I beat that yesterday and and I'm half over halfway through the uh, Storm Desert. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly in blue gear. Um, I do I'm have mostly an in epic, green. Yeah, I I have an epic um. 
uh, ally, whatever, spirit. Yeah, I have green rings and green spirits and an epic weapon and a, uh, what, what is it, a rare uh, armor piece. Blue armor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only epic I've gotten was was a spirit, and I'm not even using it. <laughs> I'm using a laser bat and a bone warrior. Because uh, uh, having a little melee thing is useful, and having a uh, ranged thing that goes through all materials. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm using a bone warrior and a gust owl. Okay, yeah, I, I deleted a, a gust owl the other day <laughs> um, um but what did you feel about this game i thought that this game is uh, so like there's two things i think about it one it is hungry for money oh yeah it, like this like is, like do not play this game if you have an issue with like spending money on microtransactions absolutely do not ever touch this game because it is correct screaming at you to spend money yeah, and if there was a way that you could, like, buy the game and get a lot of those things, I'd consider doing it. But they don't even have that. They have subscriptions. Yeah, <laughs> and battle passes and shit, and it's just... Yeah, and the battle pass disappeared. I don't... Uh, it's it's gone now. It's not at the... What the fuck? I don't, I don't know where it is. Like, I, it was at the top of my screen. I got like seven levels into that, and then it's just gone. And the game and is I'm, constantly introducing new things for you to click on between every run. Yeah, like there's, there's clans. There's three different th- types of things you can buy. There's your uh, daily, weekly, and um, achievements. Um, Goals There's and like achievements and stuff. Three or four events going on at any one time. Yeah. Um. So like right now, there's a a weird um. Shoot the dragon thing. Yeah. Which we're almost we're almost done with. It's almost it's like thirty four percent health. So that's cool. Uh. There's like six different dragons, and you can only shoot one of them. I don't know why. Um. Then there's, like, yeah, there's events. Like, I think constantly there's the Hero Duel and Hero Duo. Uh, where Hero Duel, you you fight another person. Hero Duo, you go with another person through a, um, a dungeon. Uh-huh. Which is pretty cool. Um, uh, then there's, like, Infinite Adventure. See how far you can get. Or I was doing Flying Bullets last night, which it's just, like, all, all enemies are ranged. Yeah. So, survive as far as you can. Uh, the um, most annoying enemies are the ones that shoot like a a fucking hail of red orbs at you. Yes, I hate those. And, and especially the scorpion ones that can like pop underneath the, the ground, ground and pop up yes. elsewhere. They can just yep. jump right in front of you and then throw their like three or four red orbs at you. It's the worst. I do, in fact, hate those. Did you hatch any eggs? Um, I have two eggs in the hatchery, but they haven't hatched. Okay. I hatched an egg. Uh, did you do the expedition at all? Uh, is that the one that auto plays in the background? No, no, that's patrol. 
Oh. Hero Patrol. Then I don't I've know what the expedition is. Okay. Expedition. So, like, when there's the play button, to the left of that is the mode switch, and to the right of that is Expedition. And Expedition's actually quite a bit of fun. Um, you play... You jump in, and it immediately gives you one power. You know, it randomly generates... Uh, like always, uh-huh. and then you go forward, and there's one of the the big blue ghosty guys, and then you pick four out of six powers, like right away. Oh, and it's it's a random selection of six. You pick which four you want, and then he disappears, and then you go into the next room, and there's just a fuckload of enemies. Huh. And you've got to fight them, and and you once you beat it you move you're done okay and you, you get like 5000 gold and a bunch of xp and and where is this located scrolls and stuff just to the right of the play button you huh. might not have gotten far enough to unlock it you might need to beat level 4 yeah i might need to but yeah i so this this game is money hungry but it's actually pretty fun it is. Like, uh, I played more of this game than I played beating the campaign of Battle Tanks. That, like, <laughs> I've definitely played more of this one and been interested in playing it more than any of the other mobile games that we've done. Yeah, no, it, it really... It's good about that. But I like, just I, cannot I recommend more it to Merge. anybody. Yeah, I, I I probably played more Alchemy Merge because I beat it, but uh, Arc Hero is is an actually fun game. But yes, it it's it's so money hungry. Yeah, like it's and, and it it's not hitting the uh, like my nerve where where it's like oh look at all these cute girls and boys that I could like get. That was why I had to stop playing Genshin Impact was because I was spending money <laughs> on cute girls and cute girls and guys. So now, I'm um, able to <coughs> not spend a bunch of money on Arc Hero. Yeah. But other now, people might get caught up in that and I can't I don't want to be responsible for that. Yeah, I agree with that. If you can't stop yourself then then don't play this game. Now, I I do have a major complaint along those lines though. What's up? You you start the game as a dude. Yeah. There are no other options. Uh and then okay like eventually you can unlock other ones. Did you unlock the second character? I did. That's the one I play the, as now. The the dude with poisoning? Yeah. But there's yeah. not a there's not a female character available except for like money, I think. You can get them. You just have to get a bunch of those little hero puzzle pieces i don't even know where to see my inventory on those things i keep picking up shit like that evolution chips and burgers and i don't know what any of that stuff does all all of that's in your inventory with the rest of your equipment you have to just scroll down a little bit and it's all there oh okay yeah um the most i've gotten for a single character is 10 and which you know is quite a bit when you need 50 of them and I got those all at once from some pack of something. So, like, <laughs> I haven't gotten any of them since. <laughs> um, so it's really difficult to get new characters. And 
it's insanity to me that there aren't any women close to like being gotten like right. like they make up 50% of the population but also make up like 90% of the mobile game market and you're not going to put a woman as an available character in your game like right. like you should you should make two characters as starting characters you could have random dude with no power who has a hood and random girl with no power like like have two starting characters i have, like i have i have seven atreus shards and atreus is just the character you start as yeah and then i have can... 10 melinda shards and like you said it's okay, like 50 that's the one i have too it's yeah. like 50 to get melinda so i'm yep. nowhere close to getting melinda yeah and it just seems stupid to me yeah to like give to me not... more characters yeah. or you and could spend it's... money on them but i'm not going to do that it's also disappointing to me that like if you th and i don't know if this is true but i tend to think of like lists of things as as they were introduced they're certainly not uh, alphabetical um and the characters but if you look at the list of characters it's like the first 12 are dudes and then you get like two girls and right. then another bunch of dudes and then like there's like five girls total <laughs> and like 30 dudes but it it took like 12 dudes for them to finally go oh maybe we should make a girl yeah it's uh <laughs> it's real bad yeah um this is another game that doesn't have um any uh achievements so that didn't change this time yep. i'm still winning okay <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah uh you know final thoughts on the game uh pretty good little roguelite kind of game way too much monetization bullshit yes i mean we're gonna encounter that a lot yeah but, we are but yeah. it was really this is the most egregious one we've seen, I think. Yeah, no, for sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt like, um, what was that one with the, uh, the punching? One Punch Limited Edition. Right. I felt like that was a lot, but it, 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 it hails to it, this one. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't compare at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, try it if you can right if you can't that's fine like yeah do not do anything we're not fuck you this up. is the best game we've played so far that doesn't mean this is the best game that exists and you have to play it yeah <laughs> i was just fine before i played this game i'll be fine after it too yeah okay game facts the facts about the games We're talking grim fandango uh, Grim Fandango is a film noir-esque 1998 adventure game developed and published by LucasArts for Windows, and later everything else, too. What do you mean Pretty by much. everything else? I I mean just about everything else. Is it on PS2? Uh, no. I think it's on, um... Uh oh. Damn it. Wait, no! Ah! Oh, no! 
Uh, it's on Windows, Linux, OS X, PS4, PS Vita, Android, iOS, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One. Oh, it's on the Switch? Yeah. Huh. I might play it if it's on the Switch. In Grim Fandango, you play as Lost Soul Reaper Manuel Manny Calavera as he travels the land of the dead helping defend Mercedes Meche Colomar from injustice on her journey through the afterlife. Did Congrats, I... you pronounced it right. I did, okay. Meche? Yeah, I yeah, I was like, how the fuck do you pronounce that? So I watched uh, I, I watched the intro to Grim Fandango, hoping that that would get me there, and then it didn't, because she doesn't get introduced until like half an hour into the game. I see. And so I watched a long play, and about an hour into the game because they were doing literally every single line of dialogue, I finally heard the name pronounced. Meche. Meche. Reapers are travel agents at the Department of Death and assist lost souls on their journey to the land of eternal rest. As is, the voyage takes four years and is long and grueling, but good deeds throughout your life, and the absence of bad ones, reward you with access to better travel packages including sports cars or the number nine express, which takes you there in nine minutes, not nine, not, not years. Sorry, four minutes, not four years. Yeah. Ah. I mean, that's, I was typing nines. That's an interesting way of going about it. Like you're, you're punished with a longer journey, but the destination is the same. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Throughout the game, you follow a sinful trail of theft of earned number nine tickets, slavery of those who should rightfully hold them, and counterfeiting and sending souls to hell. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a fake number nine ticket, everyone on the train goes to hell. What? Yep. <laughs> so, collective punishment is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the setting is largely influenced by the Mexican holiday La Dia de los Muertos and a combination of several Aztec beliefs and designs, with the characters all looking like, like Calaca figures and most characters mm -hmm. substituting Spanish into their speech. Yep. See, sí, essay. Grim Fandango was directed by Tim Schafer and was almost a Warcraft clone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who had been hired initially to do limited programming through the early Scum Engine games. He did well enough that he was given a chance to work alongside and write with John's favorite author, Orson Scott Card, the Mormon monster, on the acclaimed game <laughs> The Secret of Monkey Island. Yep. Isn't Tim Schafer the guy who does Psychonauts? Yep. That's the very next fact. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Psychonauts. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> Never played it, but I have like eight versions of it. <laughs> You'll get around to it one day. Maybe. <laughs> That's what we all say about these games, right? Yep. Uh, after working for LucasArts for more than a decade, Tim left to found Double Fine Productions and make games like Psychonauts and Brutal Legend. He cares a lot about all his projects, and when LucasArts was shuttered by Disney, he bought the rights to Grim Fandango and Double Fine produced the remastered version. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. That's really like he, cool. He still, he still thinks about and cares about the old things. Yeah. Tim Schafer's just imagine, a good dude. Can, well. Can you, can you mean, imagine... And, and then tomorrow we find out he's like a heinous <laughs> monster. <Yeah. laughs> I... So... I started this this week. I, I had an idea for a game. I stumbled upon it on Reddit. Like, someone mentioned a game. And they're like, hey, you know, this game was shitty because of this one thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I can probably pull enough facts out of this one thing to, to do it. And then a whole web of garbage pulled poured out of there and i was like oh boy this is this is too much to talk about and we've got a we've got a light novel to do and yeah i can't do this tomorrow so i set it aside i mean you could have considering how short the light novel recap is yeah but i didn't know that and and light novels usually go a little long so yeah i I figured there's still other stuff to talk about so yeah I, f- I figured I'd play it safe, and I'll, I'll push that back to next week. Okay. And and while I was there, I was like, well, you know, there's there's other things that this company does, so let me pull one of those out. And, oh, oh, that's an interesting thing. I could talk about that. Um, oh, yeah, no, it was it was when doing Grim Fandango. I, I was looking at other games LucasArts produced. And, I was about to say, like, um, hints that this is a LucasArts game for next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's a there's a, a different LucasArts game that I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. I could talk about that and and that, and I could I could like add that into this week's talk just to to add it on a little bit. And then I ran into who created uh, one of the other games that I was going to talk about and add on to that. And, oh boy, you are going to have so much fun absolutely destroying somebody. And (laughs) there wasn't enough room anymore. So, like, two ideas I had, I had to cut because they were going to go on for way too long. (laughs) So, we, we have a new monster in our canon coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, above, (laughs) above Toru Iwatani monster... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Def- <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Yes. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Toro Iwatani, if, if y'all don't remember, uh, he's the one who doesn't understand women. He thinks that uh, the, the w- women just eat and have boyfriends. <laughs> yeah. And buy things. Don't forget that. They yeah. shop. And they, they sh- women be shopping. Yeah, uh, no, this this guy is like the worst parts of Iwatani plus the worst parts of Igarashi. See, I didn't. Uh, Igarashi <laughs> is technically in our canon as a villain, but he did like he has done better since all the weird shit he said. Like that was yes. all like twenty years ago, and he's since released Bloodstained. So yeah, so uh, <laughs> hmm. It's, it's like the worst parts of them combined, plus an extra little feature that's going to really just stab in. Plus, oh, man. I was, stab I was in? I was about to say, it. plus, is he, is he actually a murderer? <laughs> no. I, I was I was giddy reading this. I was, I was cackling like you do, because... I, 
I, I could just see, like, man, he just handed himself out there on a golden platter for us to talk about and shit on. But, but, but that's that's like next week or the week after. Stay tuned. There's there's some there's some shit coming. Right. Get ready. <laughs> that's great. I'm so excited now. Okay. When it comes to adventure games, there's really only four companies to talk about. Infocom, for the really old crowd here, Sierra Online, LucasArts, and Telltale Games, which was really just LucasArts still, since it was formed from the other's death. Um, yeah, like, like I think Sierra still games. technically exists. Yeah, but they don't make adventure games. Didn't they make that a... Uh, they made that new King's Quest game, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, there was a King's Quest game that came out not long ago. thought that was Sierra. Mm. Oh, me... King's... Yeah. For the, the PS4. Yeah. And Xbox One. Uh, that was Sierra, right? Why does it not have the date it was released... Oh, because it was episodic. Right. It was released from 2015 to 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Damn, that happened that long ago? It felt. It feels like it was, like, last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember watching Game Grumps while that was coming out. <laughs> I mean, like, Sierra functionally doesn't exist. It's, it's a... It was closed in 2009. Um, well, I guess it was closed in 2008. Uh, and, and they sold everything away. And then Activision reopened it in 2014. Oh. So, and, and they produced King's Quest and Geometry Wars 3. Oh, Which is okay. not an adventure game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And then now, all of these companies are dead now then, and so adventure games are the realm of indie companies. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, there's like a big adventure game I have on my Steam. It's called Unavowed. Who made that? It's like some company called Wadget Eye Games. Like, Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, nobody knows who that is. Right. Um. But yeah, like, really, like, Infocom was the first major company to make um, adventure games. And they made things like Colossal Cave Adventure and Zork. Um, Zork. Yeah. I love Which, that name. I mean, it's hugely iconic games. Um, For people who were there. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're, they're text-based games. They're, they're like... No, nobody knows them nowadays. Right, Zork if you got into games in 2006 be... like I did, you've never heard of Zork. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've looked at any amount of history of games, you know about Zork. Um, really, the big two were Sierra Online and LucasArts, and they were kind of back and forth between each other. Right. About who was, who was on top. And then uh, LucasArts produced Grim Fandango, which was the biggest and best uh, adventure game of all time. And it didn't sell as well as everyone hoped, but it did sell pretty well. Like, it, it, it wasn't a flop. 
I mean, the thing is, if you look at it, it looks like a really well-produced game. And so it was probably super fucking expensive to put together. And it just didn't make back the money it needed to. No, I mean, it it made profit. Oh, it did? Like, they, they, yeah, it made profit. It just wasn't as much as they were hoping for. Uh, Is this like when... Was it EA who bought Dead Space and thought that, like, it was going to sell, like, 10 million units or some shit? (laughs) <laughs> and, and then they I mean, they, like, they canned Den- dead space after dead space 3 because spoilers the sci-fi horror game didn't sell 10 million units <laughs> yeah i don't yeah they 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 had too big an eye for their their stomach and right it, it didn't it didn't work right um, uh so yeah LucasArts decided to stop doing adventure games and then quickly shuttered and all of the people that worked at LucasArts in the adventure game stuff left and created Telltale Games. So which it, which it, ran at a deficit until they finally just closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Telltale Games really is just LucasArts still. I mean, it didn't um, help that most Telltale Games were pretty much exactly the same. Um, yeah. Like, you play The Walking Dead Season 1 and, like, The Wolf Among Us, and that's, like, all you need to play from Telltale. Ah, <laughs> uh, While LucasArts is definitely known for their adventure games, they did more than just adventure and side-scrolling movie tie-ins, creating several air combat sims as well as a series of overhead run-and-gun games, including the cult classic Zombies Ate My Neighbors, one of the best games on the SNES. And that is just a fact. I mean... Sure. Dude, have you ever played Zombies Ate My Neighbors? I have. I think I played the Genesis version, though. What? Did it have a Genesis version? I'm pretty sure... I'm like a hundred percent positive. It did. Weird. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I like it's, the uh, Genesis it was, version. It was actually I don't like the Genesis. Period. I like the Genesis I, controller more than the SNES no, controller. No, it has so many fewer buttons. You can't do as much. No, it doesn't. What? Yeah, it does. Doesn't it have, like, more buttons? Six buttons, six buttons, and a select and start. Oh, it has more buttons. I guess that's the same number. Yeah. I I guess it it just moves the L and R onto the pad. Yeah. I Uh, still don't like it. I like it. Um, (laughs) It it was was recently re-released last month uh, for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. To like absolutely no fanfare. <laughs> uh, it came it, out and, and people were simple. like, "Yep, that's there." Yeah, I didn't even hear about it. But <laughs> then again, I don't, I don't listen to most things. Um, I wonder how much Grim Fandango for the Switch is. I have no idea. Because I want to play that. Uh, 
Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol are $15 together on uh, Steam. Huh. Shit loads slow. Shit loads real slow. So anyways, yeah, that was that was just the facts. Yep, that was the facts. I'm not going to find out how much Grim Fandango is. Okay. Light novel! So, this month we read Reborn as a Vending Machine, I Now Wander the Dungeon, the third and final volume. So far. It ended in 2017. It's Fingers been five crossed. years. He's not dead. He, he can still dead. write more. <laughs> I should I should find like his editors in, in like contact information and be like, "Yo, can I just write the next vending machine novel?" <laughs> yeah, please. Can we have a can we have a fourth? Like please? I would do it. Yeah. Because while I was kind of disappointed by the second book, the third book brought me right back in. The oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just good. It's just good. <laughs> it is just good. My, my, my only complaint was immediate, like, off the bat, the first page, he's talking about how big Lamus's boobs are. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We're reintroduced yeah. to Lamus via her breast size. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, no, that's you're you're not wrong. <laughs> At the same time, though, like that's all light novels we've read. Yes, so. and it's all light novels. <laughs> yeah, but just so, period, like, end of yeah, sentence. Like it's it's gross, but you have to excuse it because it's the entire genre, right? Like <laughs> it's it's the media. You 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 can't. You can't write a light novel without describing a character by the size of her bust. That's that's just how it is. Right. I mean, actually, Shuey gets away with it, like, pretty much the entire time. I don't think he ever yeah. describes Shuey's breast size directly. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's just Lamus and Halami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We pick up right where the last book left off, with our heroes still in the labyrinth stratum, but having made it to the local settlement. While hanging out at the Hunters Association, a super hot dude comes in asking for a map of the labyrinth, a blonde beauty named Michuel, who Boxo quickly learns is putting on a cool and calm facade to hide his crippling social anxiety. Lamus, Hulami, and the Band of Gluttons take on a job to check the state of the Labyrinth's perimeter walls from the outside, and Michuel tags along as an attempt to get used to being around people. It's a pretty safe job, as monsters don't leave the Labyrinth, but as they near the end, they do notice an ambush waiting for them. Or rather, Michuel. Lamus, Boxo, and McKen of the Gluttons help him fight the group to deadly results. After, Michuel leaves alone in what I thought would be his final appearance in this book. Me too. That happens so often in these. It's like, all right, this person shows up. We'll see them for a couple chapters, and then they're gone. Right. I, I figured he would be, like, important in what was planned for later books, but I didn't think yeah. he would show up again, like, so soon. But he does. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and, but this this little plot point about him having people hunting him down never really comes back. 
No. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out in book five or six. The the one that will never be written? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, he's not dead yet. <laughs> he could still write more. <laughs> Uh, afterwards, our heroes return to the Clearflow Lake Stratum, where they've made their home, and are told of a Boxo imposter. And I spelled R wrong there for some reason. Mm, it's fine. <laughs> it seems like this is going to be majorly important, but it's just the Chains restaurant running a dumb scam in Boxo's absence, and they quickly go out of business again now that he's back. He then gets roped into helping the local restaurants put on an eating contest, which Shuey, the archer for the Menagerie of Fools, handily wins. I had completely forgotten about the Chains restaurant. Uh, I and, I did not, but then, only because I hate it so much. I I had <laughs> completely forgotten about it until the end of the story, and then I was like, "Oh, this was the McDonald's, right?" <laughs> um, they spent a lot of time on the eating contest, and like three chapters. Yeah, and mentioning just how much Shuey can eat, which I remember them mentioning in the past, like, Shuey, she, eats a Shuey lot. Eats, she eats a lot. And, but it's know, taken to but comical like, levels here. Yeah, it's, it's like, they, they take it from, like, a, you know, normal person eats, like, a, a two. Like a ganky girl like kind of thing. Six. Yeah, she eats, like, a six instead of a two. No, she eats, like, a hundred here. <laughs> <laughs> she is a black but, hole. Yeah, she's she's fucking Kirby. <laughs> I mean, she can eat more than Kirby, because Kirby, Kirby sucks up a car, and that's a mouthful. He can't swallow it. <laughs> she could swallow that car. <laughs> yeah, she could. <laughs> A free day with Boxo is presented as the first place prize, and Shuey takes him up to an orphanage on the origin stratum that she helps look after. I was frustrated mildly by him being presented as the first place prize. Oh no, that was super fucked up. Yeah, because they... He's helping the local restaurants, and, and they do this thing... This is like the second or third time that they've done it, where they... You know, they all get together as a meeting of minds to figure out how to do things, except they, they're they really just complaining and hoping that Boxo will fix it for them. Right. And and they do that several times here, and then finally, like, they they try and figure out the first place prize, and he's not there, and then at the end of the time, it just gets, you know, at the end of it, they're like, oh, and congratulations, you win? Afrida with Boxo! It's like, well, you can't say no, and you've already been won. So, like... It's it's people who recognize that he is, like, a sentient entity treating him like the item that he looks like. And it's it's really fucked up. Like, low-key, really fucked up. I mean, I, I don't think you should have a free day with anybody. Like, I I feel like that's always gross. I it's mean, like, hey, you can spend the day with like, uh, some actor. It's like, well, they, they don't, they've got a life. You can't, don't do that. I mean, this happens at like, like, like rural country fairs and stuff. Like you'll, you'll auction people off or whatever. But they like yeah. But they put themselves up there. That's a choice yes. they made. Like yeah. that's 
it's weird, but it's fine because people can do whatever they want with themselves. But this yeah. was a thing they forced on Boxo. Yeah. And that's what makes it fucked up. Uh, Boxo provides lots of free food and drinks and entertainment to the kids, and Lamus gets along with them perfectly because she is basically a child. That yes. night, some thieves try to steal Boxo, and he chases them off. He tells the girls and the woman who runs the orphanage in the morning, and Misdirector grabs a bow and presumably hunts and murders them. Yeah, that's that was interesting. It's like, <laughs> hey, I, 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 I chased off these enemies, and, you know, I, I took care of them, and then the, the, the director in charge of the orphanage is like... Uh, hold my beer. Right. <laughs> and she disappears, and she comes back later with bloody clothes, and is like, everything's fine, and don't fewer, worry about them ever again. Fewer arrows in the quiver. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about them. They won't bother you or anyone else ever again. <laughs> right. It's, uh, <laughs> wild. Yeah. Uh, the plot picks up again, and Captain Carriola... Carry Oil asks Lamus and Boxo to join him and the fools on the Dead's Lament Stratum to hunt down another Stratum Lord, this time the King of Souls. Unfortunately for Lamus, the entirety of the Dead's Lament Stratum is essentially a haunted house, and she has difficulty with scares. Boxo and Hulami spend a few days trying to get her used to the atmosphere, while Carry Oil leaves to gather more people for their group. He returns after a while with the band of gluttons and Michuel, who makes a surprise reappearance for the end of the book. Uh, Captain Fil- Vice Captain Filmina is noticeably missing. Yeah. Uh, because she's just as scared of this shit as Lamis is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is convenient because the uh, the King of Souls is basically immune to magic, so she'd be useless anyway. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I feel like at the end of this, it, they're kind of pushing for her to show up again because, you know, of what happens. So it'll be interesting the next book seeing her <laughs> dealing with this. Because <laughs> she is just as terrified. And uh, right. The next book. She's going to have to be here for the next book. That's going to happen because Hirakuma's going to start writing this again. The demand is there. Or else. (laughs) (laughs) They start making daily trips out into the stratum proper. While at night, Boxo has regular encounters with a corpse fiend with an affinity for orange soda. Unfortunately, once the group starts spending the night out in the stratum and the corpse fiend approaches Boxo for its drink, Red kills it, believing it to be an enemy. Uh, this was like the only time that they did the uh, the thing that happens a lot in the first book, where it's just like, here's a chapter about a single person who buys stuff from Boxo and the mm-hmm. their life. And I, I really liked that in the first book. And I also really liked it here. And it was kind of sad. Yeah. Like, I like that it ends on a sad note. Like, it, yeah. it, it makes it different. And yes. there's, there's no other way it could have ended, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bummer, but it's one of those bummers that it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, 
Finally, the group spots the King of Souls, and after blocking all of his powerful long-range magic attacks, Lamis gets close enough to take him out in two hits. This is actually really cool. She like yeah. She escapes um, an earth spell that's about to like bury her, and she jumps high into the air and then like like drop kicks him, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and then punches him so hard that he splits in half. Yeah. And, and the, the top half goes flying into the air like Team Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> However, the group uh. learn a little too late that the King of Souls is subordinate to the Necrolord, one of the Demon Lord's generals. There's a Demon Lord. And he appears mm-hmm. to clean up after the, the King of Souls mess. He instantly incapacitates the Red and White Twins and the Band of Gluttons and severely wounds Carrioil and Mishuel. Lamus and Boxo remain safe due to force field, but are unable to actually do anything. Hulami and Shui run in on the Boer cart and get everybody still alert inside to escape to safety. The Necrolord isn't done toying with them, however, and seeing the potential of Boxo and Lamus, he decides to add a bit of tragedy to their story in order to spur them on to greater heights. He kidnaps and murders Hulami and Shui in front of everyone's eyes. Also, at this at this moment, it's implied that this has happened before to Carry Oil, because he he has this line where he's like, "No, not again." Yeah, yeah. Well, not about the Necro Lord, but about having people die. Yeah, like friends of his die in front of him, mm-hmm. just like straight up murdered with him, nothing, not being able to do anything about it. Uh, Boxo isn't one to take this laying down, however, and he becomes a defibrillator machine and takes the telekinesis blessing in order to revive them himself. It works, and the group then run back to the gluttons and twins to retrieve them now that the Necrolord is gone. So, I I appreciated the fact that the, the Necrolord shows up and talks about the Demon Lord's generals and stuff, and... Uh, they they handle it in such a way as like they're not going to just talk about oh hey there's a demon lord and here's how his army works and uh, like a, a, as an aside uh, Boxo has no idea that there's a demon lord or a necro lord as well and he's like there's a demon lord <laughs> right <laughs> and it's it's and they we don't just get a whole bunch of uh, exposition right away it's 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 a surprise to functionally everyone um until later right when we actually learn about it right the, like we learned that people do know about the demon lord but he mostly just chills up north and and so yeah. the necrolord doing anything is weird yeah so i i appreciate too many too often it's like i'm going to introduce a new thing here's exposition about it uh and and you you kind of get introduced halfway it's it's like uh boxo already knows this because he was told and he's thinking about it to himself so that you know what it is too right as as opposed to being introduced to it at the same time in the same way and not all at once yeah like it's new information because nobody has cared to talk about it around him before because it's just not important um I was a little thrown off that he took the telekinesis blessing. Um, I thought yeah. this was the perfect opportunity 
to finally give him the telepathy blessing and then he could tell oh, he could tell man. um Lamus how to use the defibrillator mm-hmm. but instead he takes the telekinesis thing and it only works within like a three foot radius and so they have to move them like really really close to him in order for him to do anything to be fair um the way this works this game works or, or this world works um the blessings don't always do and the powers don't always do what they you expect them to do right so, so it might have been, been him like, talking in tele- japanese and they or, don't understand like, telepathy but he can only talk to other magic items because his brain is not their brain so he can't talk into their brain he has to talk into things that he's similar to but I don't think that is true because the Necrolord used telepathy to speak to them at one point, and okay, he yeah. heard it. That's true. Yeah, but the Necrolord is more powerful. So, but if it if it was that kind of rule, like what you were talking about, then it wouldn't matter how powerful he is. It just wouldn't have worked. Well, I think the maybe the higher his magic skill is or something like that, the telekinesis can work beyond three feet. Telekinesis at only three feet is useless. Yes. It um, is It I, is effectively useless, this blessing he just I, took. He has a lot of skills that he has zero points in, and I think that's hurting a lot of these things. Um, I, I think if he, if he put more points in agility, maybe he'd be able to use his alternate forms for longer periods of time well he did put or, a ton of points into dexterity yeah i think you know I, now that I, you say that i bet if he put points into strength that might make the blessing stronger and then yeah and or maybe, magic well he magic can't is a skill he can't put points into magic though can't he I thought he just chose not to because no, what the fuck would it do? I think his I th- I think it's like a, a million points for him to put like ten points into magic. Like it's it's one of those oh. ridiculous. Like it's effectively it, it's not worth it. I mean, he frequently has a million points though. So like, I mean, no. Every time he gets a million points, he uh, he spends it on a blessing. That's true. Yeah. Because like, what was it the last time? Like, he's got telekinesis and force field, and then he has something else. Uh, Back in the settlement, the directors of the various stratum agree that the Necrolord must be working on his own, since the Demon Lord himself hasn't acted, and start planning for how to handle him in the future. Carrioil, Boxo, and Lamus all agree to be a part of whatever ends up being done in the future. And the book and series end with a happy reunion between Boxo, Lamus, Lamy, and Shuey. Boxo is totally a vending machine with a harem, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention, because I I read this, like, three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And, and I've read we it the last two days. It. Yeah, we were supposed to talk about it like a week ago and um like two weeks ago i was trying to get more information on uh reborn as a vending machine uh-huh and what i ran into 
is the manga. <laughs> There's a manga? There's a manga! <laughs> Uh, I've, I've read all the manga that's out. It gets partway through the beginning of book one. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, you know, it was pretty good. I mean, it doesn't do anything different. Right. It's just, it's just the light novel, but with pictures. More pictures. Yeah. Um. Less descriptions, more pictures. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, it's pretty good. I, mean, I found it somewhere free online. Um, uh, other definitely a legitimate source. Other interesting things that happened um, during the eating contest. He takes a jukebox form, which I don't normally think of a jukebox as a vending machine, but I, I guess, guess technically, yeah. Like you put a coin into it and you get a product. Yeah. It's an intangible, but yes. It is a, a product of some kind. So Yeah. Like I thought that was fun, but like I didn't see that coming and that was that was cool. Um, yeah, every every time they pull out a new vending machine, it's interesting. Like, when he changes himself is is some of the best parts of this. It was actually I didn't like a lot of the ones in the second book. Especially the uh, the cardboard vending machine, I thought was really pulled out of the ass. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I I agree with that. But it they have used that to great success repeatedly since. Yeah, it, it's like, it's you, nice now that it's here. But the way it was introduced, I didn't like. Yeah, you you talked about how Lamis does the the jump and instant kill uh, <laughs> uh she does that because boxo can change forms so like yeah. he changes into the cardboard form so that she can jump as high as she wants and then he changes into his regular form no not have... even the regular form he changed oh, yeah. into like the the twice as big form <laughs> yeah <laughs> to get just as heavy as possible so in addition to her all powerful strength. She's also got a fucking giant um <laughs> shape shifting vending machine on her on her back. Yeah. Just absolute wrecks them. Yeah. Like the King of Souls is a fucking chump. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had no chance. No. Um uh, so I like the jukebox. Uh I liked the 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 gas pump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't mention too much about the actual assault on the King of Souls because it wasn't important to the actual recap. But yeah, like he butts he busts out a, a gas pump vending machine and they fill up a bunch of bottles with gas and throw it at like the enemies and light them on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and then use the fire as cover to run at the King of Souls. Since the force field blocks it out. Yeah, it was it was very well thought out. Yeah, it was really cool. So, um, were there yeah. any other new vending machines? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Mishuel did get in a hit on the Necrolord, though. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. 
it didn't last long and he immediately got fucking trounced but yeah like they uh, effectively set up Michuel as a badass they they did really yeah. well setting him up as what, what was his nickname reclusive he, black flash yeah and and they he tests boxo's force field once yeah just uh he, do, he doesn't have any faith in it because he doesn't know what it is and boxo's taken on several uh uh level lords uh i don't stratum lords stratum lords thank you um stratum lords basically by himself at this point and tanked their hits and Mishuel does in one hit what half half the damage of a stratum lord which is an insanely large amount of damage yeah like <laughs> Mishuel is probably like like just power wise stronger than carry oil oh yeah not not socially but <laughs> and, and carry oil probably has more skill but michuel yeah. is just like, like he's the well, second most powerful on the team after lamus yeah thank you i was about <laughs> to say lamus definitely has the highest pure power yeah but she has zero skill no um yeah no great great book fantastic i i strongly suggest that if you haven't read this or the other two this these are the ones to get these are the best ones we've had so far yeah and and we'll be sad to see them go until he writes the next book or he lets me write the next one <laughs> or or he lets you write the next <laughs> book. Yeah. that's right all right um it's a uh, it's season four. We've we've moved into a new season. It should have been last week, but um, you know shit, shit happened. happened. So uh, yeah, um, I think next week probably gonna finish keeping accountable. Oh shipwreck! I think yeah, that's yeah, I me, think right? You can, yeah, that's you. I th- I think you could probably finish it. Maybe yeah, probably. Not, but, well, we'll see. We'll see what we get. Um, it's your turn for that. Yeah. And uh, you looking forward to anything for the next week? Moving, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving. Um, playing more triangle strategy. Maybe finally read <laughs> another book that isn't a light novel. <laughs> I have I've read two and a half books in the last week. Like I have another, I've, I have a Haruki Murakami book that I've been meaning to get around to. I've been reading poetry. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't read a whole and, lot of poetry. Uh, I didn't either until I found a poet that I liked, and then I buy all their stuff. Okay. Because I, I like poetry. It's just... It's hard to find a poet that actually speaks to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um cool well uh thanks for listening appreciate it uh if you have a friend who's a travel agent uh please tell them about this show where we talk about the reapers a travel agent oh yeah (laughs) you forgot about that yeah 
I forgot. Hey. I, I I got hooked on the Reapers part, and I forgot that the Reap, Reapers is just a name for travel agents. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you? What What do we want to do for next week? Like, I, I feel like we we don't want to do games played yet, and not all of the anime have come out yet, so I think we can't do that for another week. I think I'm gonna have to buy high. I, I think I'm gonna have to pay for High Dive in order to watch anime this. <laughs> The, this season because there's like Ugh. so many on high dive Hi, high dive it's is coming of, up in the world it is i don't know how but it is because i'd never heard about it until like last four season. months ago <laughs> yeah when three of apparently the best the best anime of last season were on high dive yeah they were there were quite a few of them are we gonna do news next week then i can i can find some news Okay. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully hopefully it's a decent news week in video game land. Hopefully. <laughs> well, we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.